0: Um, For those of you guys that don't know, my name is Shayla. I'm actually Pastor TJ's wife, and I get the honor of bringing God's word to you today in this series called Apparently, which is how a lot of parents feel sometimes, like, apparently this is what i'm supposed to be doing. And so, we are excited to be continuing that series this week. Didn't Pastor TJ do such an incredible job last week? Man, we heard we had so much good feedback from last week and parents that are going back and rewatching it. So if you hadn't haven't had a chance to tune in, please go back on YouTube or Facebook or whatever it is and rewatch that sermon because it was phenomenal. But you know, I, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a backstory on, on TJ and I. Um, you know, TJ and I have been married for 20 years. And it's been, yes, it's been a long time. Thank you. <laughs> um, for that 20 years, TJ and I were never able to have our own biological children. And it's been a journey for, for a lot of you guys that have struggled to have children or struggled to get pregnant or any of those things, we understand what that pain is like. We understand what it's like to walk that journey and the difficulty that comes along with that. And even sitting in a room where they're talking about apparently, and it's a parenting or a family series, sometimes we're just grieved to the core because it's what we so desperately want. And I want you guys to know that that's something that TJ and I have walked through and through a lot of prayer and, and just God working in our hearts, we had decided to become foster parents. And so we went through all the classes, we went through all of the training, and we were able to welcome a little boy into our house named Alexander. And he was with us um, for about 18 months. We got him when he was five days old, and then he was reunited with his biological father uh, at about a year and a half. And honestly, that was a journey that was extremely difficult for us, you know, partway through that that case, um, we thought that we were going to get to adopt this little boy, and it didn't turn out the way that we had planned it. But you know what? TJ and I actually get to be in his life very consistently because we have a great relationship with Alexander's dad, and so we say all the time, we're like co-parents with his dad because he comes and stays with us, and we get to help, and and. He stays with his dad a lot of the time, but we get to do this together, partnering together to raise this little boy who has two families that love him so deeply. But I remember when we were going to pick up Alexander when he was five days old. Now we get a phone call that there's this little baby at a shelter, and he's going to come live with us for this indetermined period of time. And TJ and I get in the car, and luckily we had a connect group that night, and so we had a group of people over at our house, some of which were parents, and we're going, you guys, how do you put in a car seat? We're going to pick up this little baby, and we don't know what we're doing, so they're in there strapping in the car seat for us and all that kind of stuff. And I remember driving to the shelter to pick up this little boy, and TJ and I are hysterical. We are, like, laughing. We're crying. We're like, they're going to hand us a baby. Oh, my God. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> so we're going and, and, we, and we go and they hand us this little itty bitty preemie little baby boy. And they put him in my arms and I just, I'll never forget sitting in that room and then laying that little boy in my arms and just the amount of love that it didn't matter that he didn't come for me, it didn't matter that I didn't know who his family was, that was my, my child. That was who was supposed to be in my family. And so we, we take this baby, and, and they let us walk out the door with this baby. All we had to do was show them our driver's license. <laughs> and so we walk out, and we are like, strapping this. I mean, we went through classes and everything. Like, it was legit. But um, so we go out, and, and, we, and we put this, this baby, and we strap this baby in the car. And I remember looking at TJ. And I'm like, Like, I don't know if we did it right. We're like, I'm like sitting next to the child and like have my arm on him. I want to show you a picture of when we walked into our connect group that very first night, this was like, I don't know. But this is parenting, right? All of the parents, when you had your first child, did you not feel this exact same way? Like you're gonna let me walk out of the hospital with this child. But that's so much what parenting is. It's like, well, I I think this is how it's gonna happen. I think this is what we're supposed to do. But TJ and I, even though we might not be parents on a daily basis, we are still raising a child. We are still assisting a family. Like God has given us so many great things, and along our journey of ministry over the last 20 years, and the desire to have children, the desire to raise a family, the desire to be good parents, we have been students for so long. And we've had the opportunity to come into contact with so many amazing families and to watch these families grow up and watch these kids still have relationships with their parents. And any time we saw a family that had these qualities, that they had amazing kids, we would just sit down with them with our notebook and say, tell us what you did. And there was family after family that you're like, oh my gosh, they're doing things so well, I want to learn. And then there was other families that's like, they're doing things... We don't need to have a conversation with them. Like, maybe, what do you not do? But we sat down with so many amazing families, and and, and it's the families that were able to get their children from the car seat to the driver's seat with their relationships still intact. And to be able to sit down and have conversations like that, we've been students for so long, and so while sometimes we may stand up here and feel like ill-equipped to give the information, I know that I've been a student and have sat with people that have phenomenal kids and phenomenal families. And every single family that I sat down with, every single family that we would talk to had some very key things that were all the same, and I want to talk to you about one of those things today. And I think as I get started, I just want to I just want to I was remembering this this saying that I've heard over and over again by parents. And it's this. The days are long, but the years are short. Yeah. Right? The days are long hello with a toddler, but the years are short. And you know, when we, when we have children, there is a, a period of time where they're going to be in our house. There's a period of time that we have to be able to influence their future, to, to help them become the men and the women that God has called them to be. The days are long, but the years are short. And as I was thinking about this, I, I saw this analogy that I, that I thought described this so perfectly. And, and I want to kind of show this to you guys so I have this this jar of marbles here, and this jar of marbles actually represents the number of weeks that you have with your child from when they are born to when they are 18. This is how many, it's approximately 1,000 marbles in here. You have a little less than 1,000 weeks with your child from when they are zero, when they are born, to the time they are 18. And as parents, I think sometimes we need this visual to know how much our time with our kids really means. How much opportunity that we have before us, and we only have this much opportunity to be able to shape so much in our children's lives. And so I think if we all got a jar of marbles, and every single week that that went by, we just took one marble out, And we took another marble out. And as we do that, you know what? It it puts so much value on that week that you're spending because I won't get this week back. I don't get this time back. I don't get these conversations back. I don't get this interaction back with my child. And, And weeks go by and years go by and months go by. But we have a limited time. Some of you guys are like, my marbles are gone, but my kids are still here. I've lost all my marbles. <laughs> <laughs> but time is such a valuable commodity with our children. Let me, let me just put this in perspective. How many of you guys have a ninth grader or somewhere close to a ninth grader? Okay, let me show you something. This is how much you have left. This is how many weeks you have left with your ninth grader. The moments that we spend and the time that we have with our children are so valuable. And this is our opportunity to shape and direct the men and the women that they're going to be. And what I want to talk to you guys about today is directly correlated to this. You know, in in Psalms 90.12, it says this, teach us to number our days and to recognize how few they are and help us to spend them as we should. Listen, our days, our weeks are numbered with our kids, whether they're, they're newborn in our house or whether they're ninth grade. Lord, teach us to number our days and spend them as we should, to be intentional with what we do with our children. So what I want to talk to you guys today, I'm going to put these over here so I got room, but what I want to talk to you guys today about is the importance of values in our kids' lives. I think so many times we kind of lose track and, and we aren't intentional about building in values and knowing what our values need to be. And, and this is actually coming out of a, a book of the Bible called Deuteronomy. And this is kind of, one of where I camp out today. So we're going to go to Deuteronomy 6 and we're going to read 3 through 9. And I want you guys to follow along. And sometimes when I read the Bible, I like to put my name in there to personalize it a little bit. So whenever you see Israel, I want you to put your name. Okay? So let's do this. Listen closely, Shayla, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Listen, Shayla, the Lord is our God and the Lord alone. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you go to bed and when you're getting up. Basically, he's like, talk about this constantly with your kids. Tie them to your hand and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. You know, what this is saying right now is there are some things that parents, we need to talk about, that we need to instill in our children, that we need to talk about when we go to bed, when we get up, when we go out, when we come home, all the time. It's a constant learning because we don't have much time. And so I want to talk to you guys today about how to instill values in your children. And you know what, I don't think this just applies to parents. I don't think this this just applies to married couples. This applies to every single person in this room because you cannot teach values if you don't have values yourself. And I think every single one of us needs to have a set of values, set of convictions that we live by that direct the course of our lives so that when we do have a family and we do have children and we do come in contact with people that we mentor, that we have something to give. And values are so key and so important. And so what I see in, in this verse, as I kind of unpack this Deuteronomy verse, in verse 6 it says this, You must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. And I think the thing that, that we have to do, first and foremost, above anything else, is if we're going to instill values in our kids, is going to be to commit. It's gonna to be to decide what is important that you need to pass on to your children. Because there's this saying that says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And we need to help our children to know what to stand on, to know what to stand up for, to know what to model in their life. Otherwise, every other voice is gonna influence what they value. See, our kids aren't just gonna fall into good values. This is something that needs to be taught and modeled. And if you don't know what values to instill in your kids, or you don't know what values to live out as an adult, it's hard to instill those values in your kids if you don't know them yourself, and if you don't have a standard of living to pass on. See, this verse in in Deuteronomy is saying, first and foremost, A commitment to God is the most important thing. And I know we're sitting here in church and that's just like, well, that's just common knowledge. But the reality is just because you go to church doesn't mean that you live Christian values. And so I think that that this is something that we need to grab hold of. This is something, just like TJ talked about last week, God is our foundation for everything. The beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is reverence. The fear of the Lord is just this healthy relationship with God. And so many of us, we come to church, but we don't take God home with us so many times. And so we need to begin to establish this relationship with God and the foundation that's going to make a difference. We need to learn adults to put God first in our own life because that's the foundation of every single thing that these values are going to be built on. And statistically, I was reading all of these articles today that that said parents that not only bring their kids to church, but also talk about godly things at home. They read scripture, they do devotions, they pray together. Their children are like 86 more time likely to continue to be a Christian as they get older, to continue to model those values as they get into their 20s. But those that just attended church but didn't do any of the rest of it at home, it was significantly less how much those children continued to to model those things. You know, it is so important that we have a foundation of God, that we make God first in our life. How do you put God first? And let me just tell you this, when you put God first, I think there's three areas that we put God first. Our time, our treasure, and our talent. Our time, it means how we spend when we get up in the morning. We read, we pray, we journal, we do we, we do all of those things. Our time, we go to church. Our treasure, which means we put God first financially. We're generous, we give, we tithe, we do all of those things. And then with our talent, we serve. Our kids need to see us modeling what it looks like to put God first in our life. But so many times we, we use the lip service and we say this is important, but it's not something that we model in our life. And the kids need the foundation of who God is. It is so shaping in their life. TJ shared a bunch of statistics last week. You guys should go back and listen to it. I'm not a statistics person, but he did a such a great job at that. But let me tell you something. If you treat God in the church as optional or occasional, don't be surprised when your kids treat God as unimportant. Because that's what they've seen modeled in their home. And here's the thing. No matter how different your kids are, all kids have different personalities, different traits, different strengths, you know, all of those different things. All of our children are different. One kid is totally different from another kid in the family. But listen, with values, you don't have to change your values based on the personality of the kid. Every single person can get on board with the values of your home and your family. But the most important thing is, is that you decide what is important for your family. As husband, as wife, as single parents, that you sit down and you pray and you go, God, what do I need to instill in these kids? What do I need to be intentional about building in these kids? Because I only have a limited amount of time to shape who they are. And to equip these children. And maybe you don't know what type of values to instill in your kids. Maybe you're going, what, what are of those things? What are biblical values that I can invest in the life of my child? And, and I was, as I was reading Deuteronomy, it talks about putting God first. But then when Jesus comes on the scene in the New Testament, he actually references back to what it says in Deuteronomy about putting God first, but he adds to it. See, somebody comes to Jesus in Matthew 22, and he says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And just this is what Jesus replies. Love the Lord your God with your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Put God first. But then Jesus adds on to it a little bit. And he says, and the second is just like it. Basically saying the second is equally as important as the first. And it's this, love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophet hang on these two commandments. You know, so many times in Christianity, we focus on all the rules, right? You got the Ten Commandments and all of these different things, and I got to follow all of these different things. But the reality is you don't have to follow all these different things. You have to follow two. Because if you love God and you love others, you don't have to worry about any of the other things. I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to murder. I'm not going to, you know, do any of those things because I love God and I love people. It is just that simple. Christianity is just that simple. Love God and love people. What does it mean to love people? In 1 Corinthians, there's a beautiful definition of love. And I want to share that with you real quick. It says this, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. Listen, you guys, this verse displays every value that your kid needs in their life. If you want your kids to grow up and to love God and to love people, which is the greatest things that we can display and the ways that we can live our best life, then we have got to learn to love. And here's just a few values that this verse displays. Patience, kindness, humility, honor, self-control, forgiveness, Honesty, commitment, determination. How many of you guys want your kids to have some of that stuff? But let me ask you this. How intentional are you at teaching them that? How intentional are you at deciding these are things that I want to invest in the life of my child? How intentional are you parents at having conversations with one another and deciding this is what we want to instill in our children? Because usually... It's kind of like, apparently. So we've got to decide. We've got to commit. And maybe just ask yourself, what kind of kids do I want to raise? What do you want them to value and to model in your life? And allow that to shape your conversation into what you need to begin to depart into your kids. The second one is this. You need to talk about them. In Deuteronomy 6, 7, it says this, repeat them again and again to your children. We don't have a problem repeating stuff to our children, right? All day long, every day. But this is saying repeat the things that they need to learn and to know and get instilled in their life. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. It's basically saying, listen, you guys, this is a constant conversation that you need to be having with your children. It means when they get up, I, I, when they get up, you can, you can say to your kids, maybe when you're dropping them off at school, let's say you have a, a value of honesty, integrity, and let's see, what's, what's another good one? Faith, Faith. okay. So when you drop your kids off at school, every single day, you know what you could do? You could say, hey, remember honesty, commitment, and faith. How are you guys gonna model that today? And then when they get home at night and you're sitting around the dinner table, you know what, hey, tell me how you modeled faith today. Tell me what that looked like for you today. When they go to bed, when they get up, when they're home, when they're out. Use them as opportunities to teach your kids and to find ways to talk about them, to do devotions together, to pray together, to read together, to celebrate together. There's a couple things that I think we can do to actually live them out with our kids, and I wanna show you up here on the screen. The first one is this. Use daily situations to help your child learn how to exhibit a value, which is basically what we just talked about. When you drop them off, say, how are you gonna do this? When you pick them up, how are you gonna do this? Use everyday situations to help teach your kids how to establish and to exhibit that value. The next one is this. Recognize and use teachable moments that occur in everyday life. You know, my mom did this so beautifully when when I was growing up. So one of our values as a family was honor. And we we had to honor our elders. We had to honor the people around us. We had to honor people's time and all of those things. Well, I had decided that I wanted to go play softball. And I was a good athlete, and so I was in high school. I was in ninth grade, and I wanted to try out for the softball team. And so I went, and I made the softball team. And as a ninth grader, I actually made the varsity team. Well, when I was on the varsity team, I didn't get to play. And I didn't really like that very much. And so I was a little bored with my softball team. And so I went home, and I said to Mom, Mom, you know what? I honor your time so much. And I don't really want you to have to drive me to practice. And, you know, I, I was using reverse psychology on my mom. Kids are smart. And so I was like, I don't really want you to have to do this for me. And, you know, all of those things. I think, I think I'll just quit. I don't need to do this. And she said, Shayla, I want to teach you something right now. Your word, the Bible says your yes is your yes and your no is your no. And you are going to honor your word. And so you can't quit, you will continue this out because that was your choice to do it and you were gonna follow through on your commitment. We need to use everyday moments, not to just because our kids don't wanna do something, there is values that shape and drive how we parent our children, not just like, oh, if they wanna do this, or they wanna do that, or they wanna do this, their opportunity. I can't quit every job I start, I'll never be successful. Just because I don't like it, we have to teach kids that they have to have this diligence and this honor and this respect and all of those things. And you do that by using everyday moments in life. The next one is this. Involve your children in the charitable work you do. Serve together. Serve together. I remember being 10 years old and my mom serving in the kids' ministry, and she would bring me with her to serve with her because she she wanted me to see her exhibiting that value, and that value stuck with me because I saw her doing it. Listen, parents, your kids can do so much more than you think they can. I know you think they're gonna be bored if they do this or they do that. Bring them with you. Let them see you doing these things. Let them come be with you. Listen, single people, Start to get these values in your own life so that you can model them for other people. Use your everyday life to begin to teach those opportunities. The next one is this. Call attention to positive behavior when they model the value. This means when your child does something that that shows that value, that models that value, that you celebrate it, that you notice it. When you notice them doing something, that you say, hey, I saw that you shared that with Johnny the other day. Thank you for for using that family value of generosity to bless somebody else. And to begin to 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 celebrate when they do those things right instead of instead of always saying no that was wrong that was wrong that was wrong. What about when they get it right? What about when they exhibit that value that we celebrate it that we encourage it because what is celebrated gets repeated. And so let's continue to do those things, you know, ask your kids a set of questions at the end of the day. Ask them how did they exhibit that value to give you an example of that. I used to hate this at my house, but I am so thankful for it today. One of our values was thankfulness, and so my mom would go around the table, probably all of you guys had those moms at Thanksgiving, I want you to tell me what you're thankful for, you know. It's like, oh. But you know what, it makes you think about those things and appreciate those things. So ask your kids questions at the end of the day that allows them to give you the feedback of what they're actually beginning to walk out in their life because you guys, we only have a limited amount of time. The last thing is this, in order to instill values in your children, you have to live them out. In Deuteronomy 6, 8, and 9, it says this. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them up as on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And you know what this means? This means you carry this with you everywhere you go. You display this. When you walk out into the community, when people walk into your house, they're on display. When you're walking into the community, when you're interacting with people, what you're thinking about, it is constantly present and you are constantly teaching and nurturing this thing in your kids that is going to cause them to grow up and to be an incredible human with these values that are going to add so much to their life. But we have to be intentional about it. And I want to ask you, parents, a question because this says tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead, write them on your doorpost, and at your gates. This means, parents, we are modeling these things for our children. We are walking these things out in our own house. And I want to ask you something. Do your kids see you giving? Do they see you serving? Do they see you loving other people? Or when we get home in the house, is it negative? Are we backbiting? Are we talking about other people? Are we selfish? Are we just showing up and letting everybody else serve us? See, parents, we have to lead the way in this. Listen, how are you treating your spouse? What example are you setting? Because your kids model what they see. Dads, let me ask you this question. Do you want your daughter to grow up and to marry a husband that treats his family the same way that you do? To give the same amount of time to her and your kids that you give to yours? Sin. this is something that we have to model In our own life. And I'm just going to step on a little soapbox here for a second. Parents that are married right now. If your marriage is struggling, for God's sake, get help. Okay, your little ones, they are watching. They're seeing what a healthy marriage should look like. Is that what's being modeled? Because if it's not, please get help. Let your kids see you go, I'm not okay. I need help. It's okay to ask for help. Like, listen, going to counseling is not weakness. It actually takes incredible strength to deal with your issues. Single people, if you got issues, go to counseling. Deal with it now. You know, in the Bible, it talks about this thing called generational curses. This isn't something we talk about in church a lot because I don't really like the word curse, you know. But there's something called generational curses, which is something that's passed down from generation and generation and generation until the cycle is broken. And these generational curses are still very much in operation today. As a matter of fact, you may be living in that right now. It goes like this. Your grandparents divorced. And then your parents divorced. And now your marriage is struggling and it's heading in that direction. Or it looks like my grandpa had an addiction. Or he was an alcoholic and my dad is an alcoholic. And now I'm struggling with this alcohol addiction. or it's affairs, or addiction, or all of these different things, and it's passed down from generation to generation. Why? Because that's what they've watched modeled in their home. People, we have got to break this and deal with the things that have us in bondage so that we can set our kids free. Like, this has to start with us as parents and realizing the values and the things that we are going to instill in our children. So, if you need a counselor, I want you to eat info at coastalcommunity.tv, and we will connect you with a counselor. Because there is no shame in that. Your kids deserve to have a curse broken, to have freedom for their own life, to be able to walk in the values that you so desperately want to instill in them. So, it's time to decide to live with values. And not just to talk about them in your home, but to also live them out. And if you'll do this daily, weekly, monthly, you will not only see the lives of your children changed, but listen, you'll be changed too. Because when you're sitting around the dinner table and you're asking your kids how they displayed that value today, maybe you should answer the same question. How you displayed that value today. Because you guys, if we don't realize The time that we have is important, and it's limited. And if we don't take advantage of whatever time that we have left in this bucket, I don't care if there's five marbles left, that's a great place to start. It is never too late. But if we don't take advantage of these marbles, of these weeks, of these days, do you know what we're doing? We're handing this to someone else. We're handing it to social media. We're handing it to the world. We're handing it to, to many different places. These moments matter. and We don't need other voices shaping the lives of our kids' values. Parents, we need you to model, to talk about it, to display it, to commit to living that way. You guys bow your heads and close your eyes. You know, first and foremost, in order to pass this along to our children and to model the life that we want them to live and to be the people that we want them to be, it starts with our need for a relationship with God. To put him first, to be the foundation, the, the foundation of wisdom. to help us to navigate and to impart all of these values into our children. And maybe you're out there and you've never made that commitment, or today you're realizing that you made a commitment in the past, but it's lost its priority and it needs to come back to committed today. And if that's you today, maybe you've never committed your life to God and you're saying, you know what, I need to do that today. Or maybe you've just been lax in that commitment and you're saying, Shayla, I'm raising my hand right now because I need to recommit to my relationship with God. I would love to pray for you on on the count of three, if you guys will lift your hands. One, two, three. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. And Lord, I thank you so much for families and for children, for the people sitting in this room. God, I pray for those that just raise their hand to say, I need to commit to a relationship with Jesus. I ask that you guys just repeat in your heart as I pray out loud. Jesus, today I surrender. I surrender my life. I surrender my will. I surrender the control I have on my own life. God, and I invite you to take control. I give my life to you. God, I pray that you would give me wisdom to navigate this. God, I thank you for coming in, for being my savior, my redeemer, and I choose you today. Heavenly Father, I pray for the rest of us in this room, God, that we would realize the value of instilling godly things in our children, and that they would grow up to be incredible models of those incredible values that you've placed inside of them. And God, I ask for every parent that you would give them wisdom, knowledge, understanding, Father, that you give them creativity to be able to share these things with their kids. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.